What's that? That's down with the sickness? Why, it's wandering monster. <laughs> Hello and welcome once again to Wandering Monster America's Test Table. We don't just play test games, no, we stress test them. I am John Baltusberger. I am Charles R. Bernard. I'm Bridget Brave. Ian Servas. Mr. Paschke. Fun story. I don't listen to you guys say your names. I just count the number of people who have spoken since I spoke. And when that number reaches four, I start talking again. Um, I call this the narcissist protocol. It allows me to say narcissist algebra. Yeah. Yeah. This is what my mother does. So, yeah. Uh, however, I, I do this for everything. Uh, when I'm writing, when I'm like editing reports, it's like, okay, they mentioned this so many points. Are there this many bullet points beneath those points? Great. Um, <laughs> there's a game that um, I don't want to say it speaks to my soul, but it definitely speaks to my soul called um, Patapon. Um, Charles, could you, give, well. me, could you yeah. give me a bar of Patapon? If you don't yeah. know, if you don't know, and uh, I feel sorry for you, son, I've got 99 problems, but not knowing about Patapon isn't one of those problems. True. Um, Patapon is a rhythm game released for the Sony PSP. There were three of them. They were very, very, very good. And uh, it was a rhythm game. So when yeah. you spent enough time hitting the correct rhythm and not being just painfully um, melanin deficient, as you might be able to tell, I tend to be. Um, it was like Paul would... Rappa the Rapper, actually. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you, you go into something called fever mode, yep. um, where all of your little patapons just like lost their fucking minds partying. Yep. The music got doper. Like the music's yeah, always yeah. doping, just got doper. Meant you were um, on a hot streak. Yeah. Yeah. And it was great. And admit, like the number of times my wife came in on me just like busting dance moves <laughs> with a PSP in one hand and headphones in my ears uh, can probably not be overstated. Uh, but on the other hand, the reason my wife married me is because she would catch me doing pat upon dances. And that was like my shameful secret. I say all this to say that um, fever mode is something that we at Wondering Monster are um, currently extremely well versed in. Um, mm -hmm. Our local, um, our very own Bridget D. Brave has kind of been speedrunning the sickness, a wahahaha, right now. <laughs> um, just, just like one after another, knocking them out of the park. Every few days, we get a message from her that's like, "Hey guys, don't worry." Oh my the hospital again to find out what is living in my chest cavity currently um this time it's, it's typhoid fever yeah like it's always it's, it's always a xenomorph it's always a xenomorph. i and i i really kind of think that bridget's living her best uh randomized table lives they're just going mm -hmm. in the hospital rolling a d20 and being like hey this time's it's sisyphus you mean syphilis? <laughs> no, Sisyphus. You have a little man in your spine just rolling a boulder towards your skull. It's fucked. Down it comes, yep. <laughs> and obviously, I was recently in the hospital uh, with, uh, I can never remember what it's actually called. I call it nematoid fever. Um, it's where I'm just like <laughs> sick with love for nematoid worms. 
uh, but it basically meant my my immune system like tanked, crashed, and burned. The pilot from my immune system fell out of the plane on fire, just screaming, pulling out his flaming pubes one by one. It was delightful, and was of course, time. yeah, our resident tallyman of Nurgle, uh, Charles Bernard, uh, goes out in a full gas mask and flamethrower to scorch the earth and purify it before his steps. Um, which, sure. considering that his his like his way of getting around is scorching the earth and lighting everything on fire, I told him he needs to start going to church again. I mean, uh, I think it's a good idea, actually. Now that you, now that I think about the delightful crossing the threshold, and I'm yeah. just, I'm just saying, yeah, I'm just saying, yeah. we get, we're getting black metal up ends. Speaking of black metal, <laughs> um, we have played a lot of Morphborg on this show, and I think we need to put it to rest. We need to take a break from Morphborg. Um, you know, we also need to like at least three of us need to like get our minds off being fucking sick. For a minute, so we're not going to be doing any disease stuff. We're not going to be playing Morkborg for a while. Um, I just kind of want to get that announcement out there. Ian, tell us what we're playing tonight. Absolutely, as if uh, you weren't able to follow that stream of consciousness, we are playing the Fever Pit, uh, which is written by Matthew John, who currently is joining us in the chat, and just to really commit to the bit, has contracted a plague just to really reinforce uh, his dedication to the craft. So uh, we awesome. salute you and your uh, thorough research that you have done. <laughs> exactly. So there's no better way to thematically kind of draw a close to our previous plague years as we usher in the next wave of COVID rather than yep. playing a <laughs> plague-themed game. So in this, there are there's a terrible fever that is ravishing the Western Kingdom. And of course, King Fathmu, uh, blessed be his infinite wisdom, has seen to it to institute a plague control policy, which basically involves if you look sick, you're going into a big ass charnel pit. <laughs> and that is working very well. That's fair. I, I have the same policy. They actually, they, they came up with a, a handy rhyme they distributed that was like, don't like the look of it, throw it in the fever pit. And yeah, we were... That's pretty damn good, like Charles. <laughs> Thanks. The only yeah. challenge is, is that it, it's really not that effective because... Well, <laughs> first wave of people went to the pit, next wave of people went <laughs> to the pit, and now basically whole villages and towns have just been chucked into these pits. People in their hundreds are just dumped in, and it doesn't even matter if they're alive or dead. And yes, there are some people that are also committing to the Monty Python bit of not being quite dead yet. Um, it's I, have everyone's to, I have to ask, Ian, uh, I have not. So as y'all know, most of us go into these adventures blind. Uh, I knew it was Morkborg. Uh, I knew it was like illness related. Yes. Um, when you're talking about this pit, though, just for my my sake, uh, painting the picture, the word picture in my mind, is this like a a circle skanking pit? Is it a free form mosh pit? Like, what are we talking? <laughs> so Everyone's the... just skanking and puking. Just so the... Exactly. Now, the, the course of challenges is that if you get close to the pit, you would probably catch the plague. 
But the best way to really find out what the deal with the pit is going in head first, which is what all of you have done. All of you have been carted and corralled and then tipped over into the pit. So we will kind of have this nice frame where the camera is centered in on this montage of you one by one and various carts of the dead or dying chucked into the hole and then we'll kind of just pan the camera as we do like a little one-off confessional or like interview with each of you as you introduce your character of course the ugliest and most uh, putrefied character needs to go first so i really need someone that's going to fall on that uh <laughs> that's not a bit by the way ah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm happy to step into that role, step into it. It's a role, sure. Um, tonight, I will be playing uh, Kotlin, the occult herb master, which, as as always, a little on the nose, but that's okay. Um, born of a mushroom, raised in the glade, uh, you know, son of a witch, I think it says in my bio. <laughs> um, most importantly, I am firmly convinced that the fever is a prophecy of, uh, I believe it's pronounced Verhu, and that all shall perish from it. I'm kind of a gloomy Gus, um, but I can mix up some cool stuff from like molds and fungi and so forth. IRL John would stay real close to me in the pack, I think. It's probably true. Very true. <clears throat> So next to you in the falling montage, just just a hair is a bit above you, is... I am Tark, prophet of Wiley the Younger, god of sad stories. <laughs> now, um, this is awkward, but, uh, Verhu did kill Wiley. Wiley is dead. <laughs> but, Still a prophet. Um, I, I'm kind of I. I would describe myself as a flimmy individual. <laughs> um, but, wow. Uh, oh, sorry. I'm supposed to talk about my character. Um, <laughs> but on top of that, I have black ichor that just kind of pours from wounds in my hands. Strong just my luck. hands when I'm lucky. Yeah, it's you know what. It is in Gui Vuitton has a new uh <laughs> new black stigmata uh brand line. I don't know anything <laughs> about fashion. I pulled Gui Vuitton and I'm like dry. Oh my gosh, I thought you said Gui Vuitton. I thought you were doing a bit in character. <laughs> I did too. Bridget, I, did. I did make a Gui Vuitton gelatinous cube fashion joke this weekend. <laughs> and anywho you're already in the fever pit state of mind. I am a prophet. Yeah. This is a fever dream. Um, mm -hmm. There you go. That's me. That's John in a nutshell. All right. I will go next. I am Stretta. I'm a forlorn philosopher, but aren't they all? I feel like mm -hmm. that's just, you know, that's an oxymoron there. We didn't really need, or not oxymoron, redundant. Redundant. I have a degree. <laughs> uh, You're so, a writer. I'm, I'm a writer. Yeah, I, I talk good. Um, so <laughs> I was educated by the damned amongst the valley of the unfortunate undead's mud pits. Um, and so, you know, I, I had a good thing going there clearly, and I had to go and fall in love. Mm. So, um, yeah, that kinda, up. 
yeah, kind of fucked everything up for me, uh, especially because uh, he went to live in a hole by himself. So uh, left me behind there. Um, Yeah. Didn't we have a Mudman love affair on in one of our games at some point? Uh, That that was from uh, the Ford's. Yes, the file oh, yeah. fire yeah. pearl Asha. And actually I should say I just got a fire pearl in the mail yesterday. Lovely gift from the creator. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. So neat. Uh if you're so since we're talking about gifts from authors, uh Matthew, we don't want any plague. So please do not mail any plague for our houses. You can yeah. keep that for yourself. Buddy. Uh, Ian does not speak for all of us. <laughs> Mail it all to John, and he'll he'll sort my frogs. Yeah, uh, John will sample it and see how it is, and then pass it on to the rest of us. Now, I'm not through Act One of Danger Slater has informed some... me that uh, I am unkillable now. So yeah. send me up, send me all you got. John is indestructible. That's oh. your intro, Mister Paschke. Oh. Indestructible, John. Well. Uh... <laughs> See, it was a long time ago. Uh, I was playing my mouth hop, made a bone uh, behind a dark alley where I made a deal. Bang, bang. I don't have a real mouth harp, and I'm really disappointed <laughs> with myself because I don't think I'm doing a very good job. A, sounding like a grizzled old blues guy, and B, I'm not making a very good mouth harp noise. I don't think this bit is working. I thought I, Bing Bing was pretty good. I don't know. Wow. Bing, bing. He's got to commit to it. No, that works. Just stick with it. All right. Yeah. Uh, allow me to just tell you the tale of uh, I sold my soul. That's why I'm a sacrilegious songbird. I don't believe anything that you all do. Anyhow, uh, kind of the squishier tap here in the party. And, uh, you know, uh, I'm just going to be here playing my mouth harp. Bing. Bing. I don't I don't know where I'm going with that. I see John's face and I think I'm agreeing with John. I well okay. So the thing is is growing up in the south, uh yeah, mouth harps, mouth harps are not a uncommon thing I've encountered, but I haven't really encountered it much in the blues. It's usually in like see well, I don't ha- I don't know what like I've seen a mouth harp once in my life. Mouse harp? But honestly, the type of music I, I connect to, like mouth harps, tends to be like Mongolian and Siberian. Yeah, which is a weird distribution of that instrument. Like, okay. But yeah, well, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's Mongolian inspired blues, I guess. I would listen that's, to the fuck out that's of totally Mongolian throat singing blues. Uh, Yacht Khan is the name of the I artist. I was about to say Yacht Khan. Yeah, yep, yep. And uh, stepping to the camera. Yeah, and and it, the yacht does uh, when the levee breaks. So yeah, like and it's a great cover. So was uh, yeah. the the blue song. Uh, yeah. So thank you everyone for joining us on this Mongolian blues <laughs> uh, fan cast. We do. Um, Charles and I will be back next week when we have lost all of our friends because that's all we'll talk about. Yeah. yeah. Now we should save that going down in in a flaming uh, halo for when we switch to an all forty k discussion format. Jesus, went <laughs> <laughs> to the backdrop of Yanta the whole time. Yep, oh, well, that has to be like a White Scars fan cast. <laughs> yeah, oh my actually, God. that'd work. Yeah, that would work. <laughs> Ian already has a pain look on his face. Oh, I, 
I was just uh, counting down the days until the fever burns your bones. So with that introduction, not that long. So with the introduction, you wake from horrifying dreams, body suffocating you, pinning you down. Your head swarms with the fever. Your stomach knots with hunger. Your tongue rasps a fat, dry slug in your mouth. You hear whimpers of pain and suffering all around you, pleading for help or death. The stench, the flies, the touch of clammy flesh. Praise people. <laughs> Praise be indeed. The four of you seem to be the most able-bodied people here. Um, there are people twitching in piles underneath you. Um, and you smell that kind of sweet scent of bloated flesh. You also pick up the notes of sweat and, ex and uh, excrement. So you see, as your eyes adjust to the gloom, that yeah, you hang on. Were, were you a perfumist at one point? Have just you seen the movie Perfume? Yes, yeah, really have. good. Yeah. Yeah, like you're just painting a really um, glorious uh, picture for my nose. Thank you. Um, <laughs> we'll sell the candle in our merch store here there shortly. <laughs> so you see that as your eyes adjust uh, to the like smoky light that kind of fills this place, that you're in roughly like a 30-foot diameter cistern. The walls are slippery, smooth slabs that really echo the sound of the people mewling underneath you. You can see that there is light flickering from faraway lit oil lanterns that kind of illuminate what looks to be like maybe old art frescoes painted on the dome ceiling above you. As you uh, start to stand and get your bearings and hear bones crunch underneath you, you can see that there are open passageways to the east and west of here. And as you look above you, you see that there are two broken bridges that look like they skirted around the top of the cistern, uh, but now are in various states of being broken in. Very far above you, you can hear some distant sounds like like howling wind, maybe passing by carts far above you from the barely seen hole above you. All right. Well, that was a heck of a thing. Bang, bang. <laughs> Just um, move on, find out about this disease down here. Bang. Yeah. I think there was something in, in my biography about actually waking up stuffed amongst the dead. So I'm assuming my first move would be to wriggle free of the corpses um, as delightful. Oh, God, that's my foot. It's already broken. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I just keep it trucking. That that Joker's gonna be done. Has anyone seen my son? <laughs> How are you wriggling, Charles? Is it like flailing or is it like like this? Oh no, I've got my hands up and I'm like, you know, full on mm. wriggling. Oh, a little swimmer. Yeah, yeah. When he's when he like emerges from the pile of dead, he will see me sitting on a like mound I've shaped out of dead or nearly dead people. And I am rummaging through pockets to try to find a pack of smokes. The house that John built. Are you, I say you are rummaging through the dead yeah. to find smokes or on yourself? Uh, through the dead. 
Okay, great. I, that, hey, I want to make sure you keister some in that I wasn't familiar with. So if you'd like to search the dead, go ahead. Uh, roll me D4 plus 4. Is anyone else looting the corpses? Oh, or actually, yeah. Corpses? After That's a 7, then. Hold up. Let me write that down so I hear a 7. What else am I hearing? Uh, a... You said plus 4? That's correct. And eight. Okay. So I've Anybody got else? six then. All right. And are you searching Azor? No, uh, because there are a bunch of diseased bodies and they're touching everything. This is a bad idea. Okay. So as you're just kind of fumbling through these corpses, sometimes your hand parts through wet, messy flesh. Sometimes mm. uh, things bite back at you as people mm. profess, I'm not dead yet. I'm not dead yet. Please don't loot me. Give me my human dignity. And then you still hear the plaintiff's wails of, have you seen my son? Have you seen my son? Uh, you know, typical things that happen in the fever pit. Uh, as you are digging around, um, Tark, you hand goes into a pocket and it comes out wet with pus and mucus but also a blue painted toolbox uh, it's smaller than it looks because it's neatly compacted um, inside you see there are 10 nails with a hammer small saw metal file tongs a lock of hair decidedly pus free and a dried finger as you're digging through Cotman, um, you definitely accidentally uh, probably suffocate someone who is gasping for air. You're not too sure because you find something um, that uh, your hand closes around. It's a medicine box. Um, you shake it Ooh. and you hear it's half empty. Um, who knows if how well it actually worked. Um, but you see a couple of vials with your solutions kind of sloshing in there. And lastly, um, Strata, as you are kind of fumbling about the corpses, you find a half-empty bottle of, well, it's kind of hard to tell what it is over the stench, but as you, like, squirt some, like, in your mouth, it's perfume. You just ram <laughs> through, like, a whole field full of flowers. Okay, it's a great, mouth open. great way to test sprays uh, while you're at home, children. Um, spray some of it directly into your, your young mouths. This is not a show for children. Don't do that. I mean, the slideshow's like Let's cartoony, see. so it's clearly meant for children. <laughs> so I'm going to take one of my cinnamon toothpicks and chew on that to kind of get that that flavor out of my mouth. Where'd you get mm. the cinnamon toothpicks? A Why are you asking cheese. questions? <laughs> Mm, Best possible response. How about you yeah. go fuck yourself? Actually, <laughs> why are you asking questions? Is the like that's the all-purpose response to any question. Like, <laughs> oh, yes. So, Azor, you're looking about here as your compatriots are uh, fiddling about with the mm -hmm. dead and soon to be. So you see these two passageways to the east and west and the bridges above you what's yep. your instinct what do you do as they are distracted as everyone else is distracted uh fantastic uh i would peer down the passageways kind of while they're rummaging get a feel for the environment and see which would be the best way to go 
Well, it smells slightly worse going to the west um, with more flies buzzing in and out of the doorway. Yeah. Both of these, again, are open versus the air to the like your east is it's darker and warmer. Um, there's too many people mewling about being in abject pain and suffering to really hear what's going in that room. Mm-hmm. Um, but your hairs on the back of your uh, the back of your wrists kind of stand up a bit as you look to the east. Ooh, the east seems fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, so after investigating, I would kind of go over uh, to the party and be like, "Hey guys, we need to go this way. Let's go. Come on." Yeah, and, okay. uh, let's do it. I'm down. I will. I will gladly follow. All right. Okay. Oh, before we go any further, should I see if I can make my potions now? Yeah, probably. Absolutely. Uh, I already pre-rolled yeah. for two, so. Oh, okay, cool. I mean, the two flavors that you're going to be making. So it's going to be D4 plus your presence is how many doses you make per day. Also, Got Azor, it. go ahead and you can roll your D4 and add your um, presence, which is zero, to see how many powers per day you can cast. Two doses Four. for me, I think. Okay, fantastic. And uh, which two? I'll I'll take one of each. Which two am I getting? So you have oh, the, uh, yeah. Zumiel's vapor and Hypo's enervating snuff. It was the uh, weaponized hallucinogen Azumiel's vapor that I really wanted. Um, I I love fantastic. a good weaponized hallucinogen. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, so you all hear Azor plucking his mouth harp and then all of a sudden saying, we need to go to the east. Bing. Yeah, we've we've agreed, I think. So we're just going to head that direction. Mm-hmm. Are you heading there for first, Azor, or who's taking the point? I'll take point. I have okay. one hit point. It's fine. I'm <laughs> just comfortably in the No, middle. I, I would like to be in the back. <laughs> Well, I mean, you could. I mean, you do have four uses of your power, and your power, if you look under a soul bartered, does give you a natural charm wherever you go. That's true. That is very true. So you have a little bit more padding for being a glass cannon. Absolutely. Go ahead. uh, Do any of us have weapons? I do. Okay. I I don't have anything. I got weapons. I got it. Wait a minute. So am I the only one without a weapon? No, Cotlin, you have a club. (laughs) Cotlin, you have a club. It's under your uh, equipment. I didn't see it there. It's under water skin. You're right. You're right. right. I think I read Club D6 Danwich as Club Sandwich and got excited. (laughs) I... There is a perfect opportunity for Mitch Hedron. There's a reason we're friends, Charles. Well, shit, food? (laughs) Hell yeah. (laughs) <laughs> in release, you had that membership. <laughs> okay, so who is going first then? Fine, I, since I've got a weapon, I'll go first. Okay. And since I have more than one hit point. Oh, it turns out <laughs> I have a weapon too. I just don't have a delicious sandwich, so. Mm. <laughs> I'll, I'll leave you yeah. a, a, a disappointing improvement. <laughs> So as you head east, the passage 
gets or the like the first room that you walk into is dark and warm, almost comforting. But then you pick up a stench that's different than that sweet scent of rotting, bloated flesh, and it's something decidedly more mammalian, something hairy, and then a different type of rot, like wastes and old paper and stuff. And you start to begin to hear scurrying sounds within the walls. It appears at first as you uh, see that there, um, like there's a little bit of the, the dying light in here that you're kind of almost like in a room and there are rooms off to the sides of there, almost like little cloisters. But where there were doors, you just see tons of gnaw marks. Like something has just completely chewed away the doors and you can kind of peer around almost like a honeycomb set of small little cloisters, all of them missing doors with very dis amounts of damage in each spot. Each of these cloisters has an unlit mounted brazier in each room and you kind of give a scent of rancid and um, decaying oil in each one. Rancid uh, and decaying meaning it doesn't work? I don't I'd know. Like you want to try to light one? Yeah, I want to try to light one of the braziers. Okay. So it instantly takes with kind of like a muffled whomp and then thick, small kind of rolls off of it. But you get a sputtering light and you can see that the walls are just completely crenulated with burrows and holes. And sometimes you get the flash of beady little eyes peering out at you. It's the rat room. You are, you, well, you are correct. Uh, from here, you can kind of see um, as you're kind of peering around these stretching, yawning portals that there is a staircase that leads north from here. Um, it kind of curves up a bit. So maybe that leads to one of those bridges that were kind of spanning the edge of the pit. Um, there's one to the north and one to the south. And um, maybe there's something further east from here, um, but you can see the rats are kind of like scurrying away from you towards that direction. Now, what I always say, if you see a rat scurrying, follow it it's not terrible advice actually yeah, yeah they tend to run away from fire flooding and toward Cats. delicious food and corpses mm -hmm. and yeah. yeah are you following these rats are you lighting more of the braziers that you're coming upon or just the yeah. initial one yeah that is um i'm on a veritable lighting jam. spree yeah as you're beginning to light more of these, more rats are kind of pouring out from the walls, although they look very sickly, and some of them can't really scurry as much as waddle frantically, looking behind at you with beady, swollen eyes and scampering as fast as their bloated bodies can take them. Let's drive them, let's drive them into the city as vengeance. Mm, I like that. G give everyone He's... there the plague. <laughs> You're like Durat and Fonger, but the what opposite. We, what direction. if we load them into a like a t-shirt cannon and just launch them at people? And you I'll get like a rat. That. And you get a rat. Yeah. <laughs> I was at a meeting that involved a t-shirt cannon today, so that is perfect. <laughs> just picture the, the rats. Wait, lungs. wait, wait. Was the meeting like a, a t-shirt cannon was mentioned, or was there one like actually there? Like Were they you're firing in a it at you. Yeah. yeah, but without the rats. You can see that these 
These rats are heavy and lethargic, swollen with their fill of eating the flesh of the dead. Um, they don't seem like they are interested in your flesh, but just kind of scurrying away from the light. As you follow them, uh, it leads over to uh, you keep going east and you see that unlike all these other kind of like doorways that have missing doors or kind of smash bits of like blacks and other things that it you actually see that there is a door that is stuck in its frame that's very swollen but it has a hole gnawed in the very bottom how big uh, of a hole? Um, big enough for these fat bloated rats to kind of pass in and two extra kind of bloated rats are kind of watching guard over the rat hole as the other rats kind of pour through it whoa they've, they've got a bunker yeah every time i hear the word rat hole i think of future man i know it's completely off topic <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but, but yeah valid so we should go there right yeah let's go let's i'm pro rat hole let's go yeah yeah let's go let's rat, hole, rat hole come on <laughs> um so the the rat hole is not large enough for any of you to uh to crawl through maybe you get one of you has a particularly small head you might be able to get it in uh, but these two rats plaintively squeak at you and they kind of scamper their bodies together to block the rat hole as you advance towards this swollen gross door and they this look up at you with their beady eyes and they squeak almost like prairie dogs barking Did, like just wild swing in the dark none of us speak rat right do we even have languages on our sheets uh so there is actually specifically a skinwalker character and one of those could speak rat none of you are a rat speaking character well, maybe we can speak the universal language. Not love, John, you sick fuck. Wait. Maybe one of us has food. I um, have a mouth harp, and if I know anything about musical instruments and rats, <laughs> yeah. I can tame these. <laughs> I love that. Are you using a use of your a soul bartered? Yeah. Um, real quick before I, uh, I, I go to do this, um, what are we going for? What is our actual, like, MacGuffin of, of this... We're just down here poking around to find out what's going on. Or get the hell Are you out talking about or... your general thing? Or are you talking about specifically this door? I think he's asking what our motivation is. Yeah. So like, what are we after? Are... So you are thrown into a fever pit and you're trying to figure out how to not die of the plague and maybe get out. You've okay. basically been thrown into some type of pit that seems to be yeah, yeah, yeah. in also ruins. So for some reason, again, in my as a head, recap, I was had... thinking we had elected to come no. into the pit. No, no, no none of us are here okay. voluntarily. I don't yeah. know where but I got why, that. I apologize. That's why I think that if you can tame the rats, that driving a whole horde of infected rats into the city to exact vengeance is like not a bad plan but very valid yeah, yeah. okay yeah then yeah i'm a lateral hey, thinker what can i say hey, hey charles move your uh mic yeah, your microphone is oh sorry thanks i was yeah put that up when i wasn't talking all right so yes i would like to uh charm the rats so that they can do our bidding you know Piper style, but with a mouth heart. You're wrong. So 
your ability will allow you to um, be charming. So basically, you are capable of unsettling foes and calming friends. So you're you're um, manipulating morale. You're not going to magically compulse them, but you can do a little bit of a little bit of manipulation. But you're not going to command them with that ability. Okay. So you're saying I don't get to do cool fun stuff. Got it. You do. You could you could probably make the rats move away. You could probably convince them that you're not a an immediate threat, uh, but you're not gonna make them your rat slave or your ratling or other things like that. Yet. Okay. So um Yeah, I'm just I'm at a loss. Like yeah, um so I I can't get them to go up and attack the city. Um, they would get out of our way. They could lead us to something, but I don't have a something other than the way out of the pit. Do we want to see Since, if I can lead us out of the well, pit? All right, yeah. I mean, like, if they're theoretically fleeing from these flaming braziers, then, like, one would think they'd head for, like, an escape, which leads me to believe that this door leads somewhere else. Like, I don't think it's just a room full of rats, you know? Mm -hmm. I think that they're headed somewhere. Um, I I'm could really be wrong. hoping it's a room full of rats. Yeah, it's actually, it's the ultimate rat king. It's yeah. just all of them. Yeah. <laughs> well, first you feed a rat to another rat, and then you feed those rats to. No, I mean the rat. ones that are tied uh, together at the tail. I thought yeah, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles <laughs> rat king would just mm. be behind the door. I like that we each had a Is different that master rat splinter. King. Yeah. No, Master Splinter was not a fan of this Rat King. It wasn't. Oh. Yeah. Anyways, let's move on. We're here to play a game, entertain people <laughs> on the internet, not talk about Rat Kings, unless there is a Rat King behind the the wall. Uh, I could be. I would like the rats to lead us to the Rat King. Whatever Rat King you have in store for us, we have to find it. I'm. I have found my mission. Oh, which of our Rat King archetypes will you? Will we you will give find us out today. <laughs> Don't care. Gotta get the Rat King. Well, I think we should go back in time and kill Reagan. <laughs> okay. Why is that? I thing? may say that last time. This time, when let's it, just yeah. go. <laughs> so, leaving aside charming the rats, does anyone have like? Uh, let's see. Da, 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 da. I have a hammer. Um. And a drill. Cool. I have a full toolkit, dude. Yeah, me too. Uh, toolbox, ten nails, tongs, hammers, small oh, saw. Guys, I have thorns of comprehension. What are those? Whenever I put them on, they pierce my flesh, and I perceive all. So you can lead us oh. to the Rat King. Could I perceive the Rat King with that? Well, right, but my more immediate concern is how we're going to get through this door. Maybe um, I could. Per I have a small and even wagon. if even if those even if those little guys get out of the way, that's not a big enough hole for us. So like, I have a we're gonna axe. have to either yeah, I've got um all kinds of we can either saw the hole bigger, or we can try and pop the lock. I think because I've got a hammer and some sharp stuff that we could use as a chisel. Have we confirmed the it's door locked? doesn't have a lock? It's just yeah. swollen in its frame. Well, Sounds not like a pop the lock then, but. Yeah, let's 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 start working on that uh, that hole in it. Me with my small saw, and you with your hand axe. Okay, so the rats are blocking the hole. So as you advance towards it with your tools of destruction, can, uh, can they. I... 
before we do that, can I get the rats to move? Oh yeah, okay. can we not chop So them? use yeah. one of your four uses of power and roll me 2d6. 2d6, putting that down. And you're going to be adding, um, be adding d6 to What am I adding to uh, 11? I'm, I've got an 11, I'm adding something. Oh, okay. I will. That is perfectly with the bonus that you're going to be getting. You can you pluck the mouth harp and you pluck it in such a way that it reverberates through all of the rat holes on the wall yeah, and it makes like this perfect rat sound. Um, their tails go limp and they look at you. Their eyes get a little bit glossy. Um, one of them drools far more than it should, and one just flumps over on its side, and the other one just kind of like mouths its tail and like drags it into the hole. Um, they kind of get stuck for a second, and they make like these squeaking, terrible sounds as they like push each other through the hole, leaving some fur scraped on the outside of the hole. Um, but they uh, leave the door, and you unmolested. All right, it's uh, saw and axe time. I really wanted time. to say it's hammer time, but you know, you have a hammer. Ah, well, yep. So we're gonna get to hacking and sawing. Okay. So as you are doing that, I who is is it one person or two people working on it? I heard. Oh, is me. It just... I have my hand axe, and I have a saw. So we're both gonna work on it. Okay, uh, so one of you give me a strength, and then from the other person assisting, they're going to get plus two to that. Uh, like my base strength is one, so is that? Uh, way that better than mine. Okay, yeah. So I'll I'll roll, and you said it's D four. Uh, D. No, so you're going to roll D twenty, and ah, gotcha. Your target. Um, so you're going to try to get DR of 12, but because you're being assisted, you're going to get a plus two bonus to that. Uh, oh, I didn't help. I rolled a five, so that's a seven with assist. Okay, so as you are beginning to chew through this door, you can see that it's a reason why if all the rats could chew through all the other doors or not this one, it's because this one seems to be cured in a certain way to make it really impervious to the elements. So you're making this very like sonorous, like dull sound from your saw, like scraping its teeth and you're beating against it. And I need both of you to roll me a presence check. Uh, that is a 15 for me. And I've got nine. Okay, so you pick up on it, Kotlin, from all of your years living out in the glade. You hear the sound of an ocean of rats. Yeah, I'll, I'll inform my uh, friends of that and advise that we immediately not do what we're doing. Because, like, a... A whole horde of rats is fun, but an ocean of rats sounds like a little bit much. It sounds in like the middle. Sort of thing... Say that again. Oh, I was going to say, and you know from tales of sailors who have found their boats kind of like marooned out there in the dead of currents, that sometimes it'll be something like a kraken that lurks therein in the depths <laughs> of the sea. You do hear this strange keening wail above all the other squeaking cacophony of rats that 
gives you a little bit of pause. There is the rat king. I mean, uh, uh, Rathulu is is the rat king. Um, He lives in Rat Ye. Uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's all I got in terms of Rathulu puns. So do you guys want to go um, die in a sea of rats? Or do you want to poke around and see what else is down here? I guess let's poke around and not die. <laughs> I mean, not, I, I don't want to undersell it. It's, you know, dying in a sea of rats. That's a, that's a pretty baller way to die. But I mean, um, if we poke around and we, we get bored, we can always die in a sea of rats. Yep, true. Yeah. Very the true. sea of rats right. isn't going anywhere. Yeah, we can compromise <laughs> on this one. We can come back to it. Yeah. It's not going anywhere except for um, through our flesh and over our bones eventually. Exactly. So let's go check out some other stuff. grandmother's corpse so we go. <laughs> Don't you know that from that first brazier that you had lit, Cotman, that there were passageways like stairwells that are winding up to the north and south uh, at the far west side of this rat space. Those are places that you could go or you could return to that cistern where there was another gaping entrance further west. So you have at least three points from here that probably have less rats. I mean, stairs going up sounds good. Agreed. To the north or to the south? To the north. To the north. Oh. Uh, which way do you guys want to go? I mean, north is generally up on maps, and um, we are I, down in the pit. I should yeah. clarify uh, as a. Uh, I, I misspoke just a little bit. When you look at your two options there, the two staircases, the one to the south uh, follows that kind of curve of that cistern and it goes upward, but the one to the north, or as you say, up, goes downward. No, well, we don't want to go down. Yeah, counterproductive. Yeah. All right. So we'll go south to go up. Yeah. Sometimes you have to so. go down to get up. Jump around. Yeah, we're all going down tonight. <laughs> jump up, jump up to get down. So you follow this curving staircase up. There is, I need all of you first to roll me an agility. I am prepared for failure. Uh, Actually, that's an 11. I, that's probably 20. I don't know. Nice. Okay. I have 11 and 20. It will never happen again. Eight. You know, statistically speaking. (laughs) Okay, so Tark rolled the lowest. Uh, Statistically (laughs) speaking. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Baldus Burger Bargain. As you are um, walking towards here, the flickering, sputtering light, you miss... The, the pile of rat droppings that all of your other compatriots sidestepped and you just stuck your boot all the way up. And well, it kind of it's my bare heel. Oh, it squishes <laughs> between each toe and it completely engulfs your pinky. It's, it's horrifying. Uh, it squelches. That's that's it. No, no effect otherwise. Um, so you go up the staircase and there's like this very wet footfall sound as you're going up the staircase. Um, and the first thing that I will need, I'll need one player to say, uh, odds are even, 
And then I need another player that roll me a D4. Odds. Okay. Oh my god. The D4 is the hardest one to get out of there. I rolled a 1. Okay. Wonderful. Okay. So... I think this is going to be very much interesting. So, as you are climbing up, uh, you have this moment of quietude as you no longer hear the mewling of the dead or the sounds of the rats, um, but this very odd silence, and then you hear a constant drip of water. There's still a little bit of a lingering reek of decay, but now you're advancing into like pitch darkness. Um, Ooh, I've got just the thing for that, a lamp and uh, some quantity, yeah, uh, six hours of oil. So I'm gonna light that oh, up. Oh, great. So when you light a lamp, when you're in total darkness, the first thing that happens, unless you've kept your eyes closed in anticipation, is you get that blinding like snap of light as your eyes try to adjust in the gloom. And there are these weird after images that you get as the light reflects across all of this like cracked flagstones floor, um, the impressions of a caved in ceiling, and then these horrifying specters, these twisted, gnarled skeletons that are draped in these phantasmal gauze, each of them having like this demonic visage. And as your lamp turns on, you see them all look at you, and then you kind of go blind for that one second as you have just pure light, but you get that after image of like then, like that the black, you know, counter image of that. And you know, things are haunting this space but you're blinded for like this first round as you can't really get your bearings here um but you know there's something out there and you hear the sounds of wind rustling in here and low moaning Ooh. you have one round where you're completely blind and you're hearing these things um advancing in towards you well, I'm if sure it sounds fine. like if it sounds like they're close enough, I'm going to take a swing at them. But uh, otherwise, I'm going to wait for my eyes to adjust. Okay, so you're going to pull out your weapon. Yep. I I whip out my gnarled and stubby club. <laughs> and All right, we'll begin do this. fondling it in anticipation of hard and heavy action. Speaking of hard and heavy action, I should have started this in round robin. So you'll be doing that. I'm going to snap over first uh, to Tark. Tark, what are you doing? Well, I guess I'll do this reverse round robin. So it'll be you, then Tark, uh, followed by uh, Strata and then Azor. Tark? Oh, I thought I thought he asked me and then said he was going reverse round robin, so it was someone other than me. Reverse. So then, right, I was saying that first it was Kotlin, then it's going to you, Tark, and you are Tark. Yeah. Oh, I got confused. Um, <laughs> you know, sometimes you think you're Wally the Younger, but really, in essence, you are Tark. Um, so is everybody blind for this first round? Um, yes. You hear now, like, oh, there's the chanting of words that none of you recognize. Uh, so what do you do, Turk? Um, yeah, I'm going to kind of lunge forward uh, towards the chanting 
kind of swiping with my hands, like kind of like Invader Zim. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, that's what I'm doing. Okay. Now, now that's I, I want to point out <laughs> to the dear dear listener. Um, I, I mentioned before that I had a terrible black stigmata on my hands. That is, um, that is, yeah. This the the black ichor of the god uh, Wiley the Younger that is pouring from my hands is not just for show. It is a virulent poison <laughs> that uh that hurts those I touch. Your outfit by Gooey Couture. Yeah. <laughs> you fucking goob. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, I've been up. called worse by better. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, making, I'm making a, for all intents and purposes, I'm making a melee attack uh, blindly okay. towards whatever that sound is. What kind of disadvantage is that for your role? Well, um, Charles, let me tell you something. Statistically speaking, you're just as likely to roll a 1 as you are to roll a 20. Uh, Every time you say statistically speaking, I feel like (laughs) our viewers and listeners should take a shot or or puff or whatever. Um, Because goddamn, dude. I've I've also created a drinking game for uh, Wayward Children. Uh, Cool. Uh, for every time so, we say, now we're not talking about golems this episode, you have to take a shot, <laughs> and you will be dead by the end of the episode. Um, so you're, you're swiping blindly, straight up. Um, you are hearing these kind of intense, like, words. One, in case you're wondering. Yes, and I am also not okay. telling you the result of what's happening here since you're blind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Passing the camera to Strata as you were hearing almost these words sound like something between edicts and commands and also like curses. I am, uh, you know, I've got this uh, 15 feet of chain here. <laughs> oh, shit. I'm, I'm going to start swinging. I nice. love that you're all in this close, like, space. Yeah. You just came up in a stairwell. You're hey, all bunched together. And you're all this chain. Like, if you get too close to me, that's your problem. <laughs> I love it. So you start swinging out the chain. And, and I'll start uh, swinging my club and moving towards you. And if you get in the way of my club or I get in the way of your chain. As your chain begins to rattle, the voices get louder. You think you hear things in the in the room moving, but you can't quite be sure. Um, but there's definitely one voice above the others that you're pretty sure is talking and addressing you straight up. And you're not sure what it is, but it's definitely not good as goose flesh uh, covers your limbs. Lastly, uh, Azor, what are you doing this round? Uh, Azor is taking in the surroundings, trying to think if there's anything he can do. Uh, currently nothing, so he is clutching his meat cleaver. Uh, just, you know, ready to cleave in the event that he has to, but okay. not, not sure yet. So... As you adjust your eyes from the lantern, for a brief second, you don't see any of those things that you saw before, those terrible, like, ghastly whites. But as you blink a couple times, they begin to pour from the ceiling, like melting wax, and they coagulate in front of you. Their eyes burn like cinders in these very empty sockets, and they begin to wail. Uh, before um, you can get your bearings and you adjust your chain and your meat cleaver and all that, uh, one of them, uh, roll me a agility, Tark. 
Actually, each of you roll me a agility check. Sixteen. Sixteen. Nine. Uh, nine. Nine and nine. What up, nine, buddy? Fifteen. Fifteen. So the nines, uh, as the Cotman and Strata, as you uh, advance forward to defend yourself, one of them just runs like wax on, like between the cracks in the flagstone, and that forms in front of you this ghastly specter. Uh, hand turns into what looks like long talons, and you feel this this intense coldness, uh, Kotlin, as the talons perforate your bowels and begin to pull out your intestines in long, headed coils. Nice. Wow. As you are like gasping on horror, the one that moves up towards you, just like a gust of wind, closes its hands around your throat, and you get nothing but a squeak out before you feel the bones in your neck crunch to powder. Uh, both of you collapse to the floor. Um, Is that instant dead disembowelment? It takes a while. It, well, you have, you have at least a, a round to bleed. Um, I need real quickly, before I tell you the result of that, uh, Tark and Azor, both of you roll me a perception. 14. 14 and? 19. Nice. Both of you, you watch as you see Kotlin just spontaneously drop to the floor and begin convulsing, and you see Strata is just clawing at her throat. Otherwise, they look completely unarmed. They just look unhinged as they are just gas, like, scrabbling at themselves. And you look around the room and you see nothing. I lean over. It's what happens when you worship the Basilisks. They had it coming, in my opinion. I'm not a basilisk worshiper. I'm a I'm a Verhu guy. Verhu Verhu is the basilisk. Oh, is the I'm male sorry. basilisk? Yeah. Never mind. Okay. I, All right. I yep. would in that case. Yep, is what I get. <laughs> I would go over and try to help them in some way. Okay. What do you do to help them regain their nerves? Um. Let's see. I've got at least a thing of water. Swift kick in the I've, ass probably helps. I've got uh, a femur that does D4 damage. That probably won't help them. Uh, I've got that mouth harp, and I did the thing earlier with the rats. That probably yeah. won't work here. Uh, so let's see. Armory clothes, small wagon. I could put them in my small wagon. <laughs> Yeah, because like I can't control them like I do rats. So I I, I pick them up, I, I I place them into my wagon and I begin to wheel them away from from the room. So okay. Tark just stacked like cordwood. <laughs> You notice as you're stacking like cordwood in this cart that you conveniently just now pulled up after you went up a flight of stairs after being thrown into an underground. It is system. on my character sheet. I it's here. That is some I have Arthur it. For you. Maybe it pulled I, it up true, and was I, on his back. You know, use your imagination. It. it was, it was a pocket wagon. You take it in your pocket. You, you, you flip it a few you times. hydrate it with a couple drops of water. You, and it's yeah, it's like one of those little sponges that turns into a yeah. dinosaur. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So. 
you notice that they are completely unharmed, but they seem convinced that they're dead. Quick montage aside of motivational speeches, you realize that the space seemed to have been filled with hallucinated foes conjured up by the effects of the fever that you've been exposed to. And uh, you regain your nerves, although um, for the next multiple nights, uh, Cotlin and Strata, you will have like recurring nightmares of this death. It's that so you kind of you assume we're going to live multiple nights. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to appear that I am a generous god. Uh, so <laughs> as you kind of reacclimate yourself to the space, you see that you are in a what looks to be like a collapsed refractory. There's this faded reek of decay. Your lantern shows that there is a caved-in ceiling at the far end of the room. So it looks like this was a once a much larger space, but um, it collapsed due to perhaps that constant trickling water. You just kind of get that stench of mildew. Center of the table is a large wooden table. It is surrounded by the scattered and broken remains of a dozen chains. There's a black sludge and mold that covers the table, and it looks like there are like old plates stuck in it. At the center of the table, there is a skeleton that is wrapped in moldering robes that seems to be pinned to the table by a rested spear through its chest. From here, there is a staircase that leads to the north. Uh, to the east, there is a wooden door that is closed. And to the west, there is a swollen wooden door that looks to have a crescent moon carved in it, as well as that staircase you came into the space uh, to the south of you. Well, that door with the um, crescent moon carved in it is obviously um, the outhouse, so no need to go in there. Um, does Unless anybody... that's what the rats want you to think. Yeah, Unless you have to take a shit. Yeah, anyone got to go? Um, we might not have another chance for, I don't know, the rest of our lives. Um, yeah. Short and brutal though they be. Uh, does anyone need a spear? Because you could probably yeah. pull it out of that bony guy. Just yank that. I mean, I don't need a spear. Do I want a spear? Yes. Go for it. Unless someone yeah. else has dibs. I'll, I'll go for a spear. Might be cursed. Could be fun. Yeah, go for it. All right. Uh, can I take the spear, Ian? Uh, yeah. Um, do you, it, there seems to be like stuck in the bones. Um, just make me a quick strength check. The sword in the bone. <laughs> yeah. Um, hold on. Let me see what my modifier is to see if that helps. It did not burn an omen or whatever. And your strength is just plus one. What did you roll? My strength is a modifier of zero. So I I'm a, sorry. I was I looking at the wrong sheet. You're right. I have a one. Okay. So you start to pull the spear. And as you do so, you basically pull the skeleton like up to your face. Um, and all the teeth rattle around. And it's this 
horrifying moment to just like this unexpected, like you think that it's come to life. And if you also live for several more days, you're going to have repeated nightmares about this. Um, <laughs> the spear you think is probably going to be just doing D4 damage because of the sheer amount of damage that, that the rust has done to it. And it's also still covered in bone from the skeleton once you eventually get it free. Um, as um, So as the rest of you are doing this, um, as you're focusing the light of your lantern, Tark, excuse me, Kotlin, you can see that the walls of this place are completely covered in graffiti. I read the graffiti as much of it as I can, as is legible. Well, there's things that are legible, like multiple phalluses, uh, declarations of lost, vile messages. Um, classics, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, there is some line-by-line -line verses from the calendar of Necrobell that kind of make your eyeballs itch. Uh, but roll me D6 to see it really catches your attention. All righty, let's see. That's a three. So one phrase really sticks out to you. Like, it burns itself into the meat in your skull. Nidak roams neath Galgenbeck. Kill him. Mm. Nidak. Maybe that's whatever's living in the ocean of rats, in which case the graffiti writer can go fucking kill it. I don't think we're going to do that. <laughs> uh, the rest of you. Uh, Park, Strata, what are you doing? I, I chose to forego the bathroom break. I'm <laughs> Okay. Are you wanting to check out one of the other entrances or doors? Did you say they were north and so from here there's a staircase that curves north from here the way back you came which was a staircase now going down to the south from you there is a wooden door to the east that is closed as well as that crescent moon door that you seem not to be interested in you can totally go check it out i just i was making a dumb let's let's open the crescent uh, moon i'm going door. to channel the powers of Wiley the Younger. Okay. God of Sad Stories. Okay. <laughs> um, Tell me what his voice sounds like as you personify him to ask your question, as your body is a vessel to the dead god. Wiley has a... Um, Wiley sounds like a East Texas gas station attendant who uh, went to college, got his education, and then decided, you know what? I'm good just being a gas station guy. <laughs> For the people who are unfamiliar with Morkborg, this ability allows the player to ask a meta question to the GM, and the GM has to answer truthfully to the yes-no question. So, Wiley, what is your question? Is the way out of the pit through the crescent marked door. You hear the sound of winds chimes and what sounds like maybe it's like a door opening and closing, almost like um, you hear the jangling of gas pumps and uh, other strange sounds. <laughs> Yes, and uh, hot dogs left far too long on rolling devices. Just long enough, I'd say. And 
It's hard because I want to give you a more complex answer. Uh, you know you... what? If you had to let me ask a non-yes or no question, maybe that'd be possible. But it's not. Ask the yes or no. I understand. I am uh, trying to figure out if it is literal or not. Um, no. Okay. No. There um, is an odd sound at the back of that, as if there is something not revealed that you know as the sad storyteller that no story truly ends but leads to another so the answer is no but you know it is the answer to a different question yet unasked we're a party of pessimists so like it's like i know i'm dying in here i just want to know if i can die trying to get out or not i mean maybe there's something in there that'll help in the out getting like a car? If you... <laughs> Big old drill. Stairs I... leading up. Yeah. Maybe you... he took it totally literally and it's just the room is a root, is is like part of the way to the exit that way. I don't know. Uh... You want to rephrase that at all? Because I will re I will answer if you want to rephrase. If he wanted to make it any more. Sure. Mm. Um, if we go, like, is there a way that that door will lead us to the surface? Yes. Mm. Yeah, see, there you go. There's a pretty big pause uh, before that. You were inhabited by a god you have never believed in. And you were left feeling defiled and hollowed. Wait, he Hoppin. was possessed by he asked, he asked the question. I, was, yeah. I, assumed, I assumed he was telling. I'm okay. Yeah, but but don't no. don't worry about it because now I've forced like I've forsaken Verhu and uh, I'm my mind is adrift and shattered. Should we high five a bunch? Yeah, probably. Hell yeah. High five, high five, high five. All right. High five, high five. We're going to die, brother. High five, high five, high five. <laughs> so what do a lot of you do? You feel the essence of your God fade from here, and you're left with the somber realization that he, he is definitely still dead. What do a lot of you do? Y'all want to go in, uh, back and yeah. jump into the ocean of rats? Um, just swim in the no, ocean it's of rats. Not that time yet. I'm gonna go through the crescent okay. door. <laughs> All right, let's do it. I'll, I'll be right behind you with my stubby club. You know, the truth is, is that um, death is a way out. Sometimes yeah. it's the only way out. So yeah, that's let's what go I keep that. telling people. Let's go. And I never get invited that's why you have to be careful how you phrase things when it's a yes to <laughs> <a> question. <laughs> Which is why I phrased it will get us to the surface. <laughs> you just okay. Yeah. Well, you know I, I, I I probably should have said yes. I was thinking as a literal like that's why I was I was struggling. Is that you know I mean I always want to give you a long winded meandering answer. So I probably should have just said yes in all honesty eventually. But it's just uh, it's a complex <laughs> I think, question. I think we need to take a few minutes 
do some therapy here, and we can go around in a round robin and say why each of us isn't invited to parties. Charles tells everyone that death is in the Ian only answers in convoluted. Uh, never ask me my favorite thing, because I will tell you a long meandering answer. I call this bargain everything. Hey, John, you yes. want a drink? Well... <laughs> If it's a Topo Chico, the answer is yes. I'm mad that I wasn't the one to think of that. That's great. Door is stuck for at first, and it grows with a big groan, and then it brings with it a stench that is unimaginable for a second. And you see that this small chamber mostly is focused around a privy hole covered by a wooden bench. Um, (laughs) Coming from underneath the covering. <laughs> my st- my stupid joke. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I need I need to point out that in the chat at one point Bridget said no one expects Rat Poseidon, <laughs> and um. Fuck all of our previous ideas. That's the shirt. (laughs) (laughs) Like a rat rising from the ocean with a trident. Yeah. Okay. So how big is this rat? (laughs) He's a rat king. If you think about how many rats have gone down, like with ships, they they probably deserve some sort of uh, hygiene god. I feel like it needs to have a mermaid tail. It does okay. not have a mermaid tail, but it does have the mermaid shell bra over all of its nipples. What about two mermaid legs, like fish legs instead? Like the Starbucks coffee. What yeah. if rat head, trident, tentacles, like Ursula? Ooh. What if it just what if it just had a normal tail or it had one tail, but the tail was a tentacle? Mm. <laughs> I feel Guys, like we'll work on the shirt design after we get murdered by Rat Poseidon. Let's just get let's just get to that first. So does, I've does never wanted wanna, anything more. Does someone want to climb down the shithole, which I somehow knew would be here? No, no, no. takers. <laughs> I'm barefoot. Your feet are already covered in shit, so yeah, They're covered I mean, in rat shit, not people shit. All right, well, I got some I go. rat shit in there too. And I go. I'm I'm gonna dive on in. Um, okay. So- you, when you, you move let me hang on to that chain, Bridget, so that y'all can yank me back yeah, up after my... We'll, we'll yank your chain for you. Okay, thanks. So as you move the bench, you see that there is a chute that descends down, far down beyond the, the edge of your light. Um, and you see that it's... Uh, you could just shimmy down this. Like, you could just slide down this um, this chute like a, like a slide. Yeah, but how would I get back up? Um... No, thank Isolate. you. If it's, yeah, if it's that like far a drop, I'm I'm no longer interested. I say it's not a drop; to... it's a slide. We like a like a. Oh, let's see, DR a spiral slide. Okay. Um, what do you guys think? Should I should I take the slide? I think someone's going to. Yes, yeah, someone's got to do it. All right, I'll do it. I'll do it. Someone's got a shit slide. Might as well be you. Every at the end of every adventure, hey, little peek behind the curtain. At the end of every adventure, Ian (laughs) is at us about all the cool shit we didn't see. 
not true. I wouldn't say bitches. I climbed into the yeah. toilet. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm going down the toilet slide. Let's 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 see how crappy it is. All right, are you holding on to a chain or no? Yes. Yeah. And how long is the chain? Didn't you say 15 it was feet. 15 feet. 15 feet. Go. Okay. Uh, so you slide down um, 15 feet, and straight up, I need you. Excuse me. Uh, yeah, straight up, roll me a strength check. Oh no, it's going to slip right out of her hands, and I'm never going to be seen again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, that's a seven. Yeah. Are you holding on? speaking, a seven is the likelihood of Are you holding on to the chain firmly? Yes. Okay, so you are yanked down the shitter along with Kotlin as Cotton is just going down. You just oh shit, and you just whoomp sound, and you see this like all of a sudden back back in action. That's right. I, I pull down after them as they're sliding. Wiley. <laughs> So Tell them I said hello. <laughs> there is a very long, wet, squelchy, squeegee sound as they are just tumbling down this this chute, uh, with a little jangling of chain in the background. As you're hearing them uh, hoot and hollering, uh, Azor and Tark, what do you do? No, uh, I don't believe I would like to go down that, that <laughs> shit shithole. I saw something so much like this on VHS 99. There was something just like this. Yeah, I like the rat idea, quite frankly, over the, the sliding down uh, this uh, the, this decrepit pile of shit. All right. Well, let me, if we're going to split the party, I'll tell the people what they find at the bottom of the shit shoot. Right and then ahead. the rest of you can I mean, I do I what you guess. want. Tell the people what they what what we've won, uh, Ian. So you slurp your way into a thirty by thirty chamber. The walls and floor are coated in patchy sections of flesh and scabrous skin. You see that the skin gets even thicker to the east. It's uncomfortably humid in here. There's the miasma of decay, sweat, and blood. And worst of all, you hear disparate murmurings like a wet susurrus, along with the sound of dripping and splashing and dripping. The uh, bottom of this is not the fluid and <clears throat> cesspool you were exactly expecting because you're really in rans like a rancid pool of watery blood and mucus. Nice. You can see that there is a breach in the north wall from here, and um, there's just years of debris that have piled up underneath, like the the chute that you just fell down. You see um, that to the north there looks to be like a wooden door, but it's scabbed over by large, fleshy, unlike scabs, crusty, and it's terrible. Uh, and to the south from here, there's a very wet, bloated door. The doors are open, the door is open, and there are stairs curving upward. Give me a um, presence check, the both of you. That would be a six. Thirteen. Oh. Okay, thank you. 
All right. Uh, that is what you are seeing. Did the dead god lie to you about what's down here? Do you want to shout anything up at your companions? Can or... I can I use my thorns before I do that? Sure. Yeah, let's do this. So you take your D2 damage. Okay. And then the thorns for your viewers at home, the thorns of contemplation, uh, one mm -hmm. worn, uh, do a little bit of damage from piercing <laughs> the flesh, but then the wearer perceives all. They get minus d4 or sorry minus four to their next uh, difficulty test and they also ignore the next two attacks that come their way because they just go out of the way so you're wearing your crown of thorns uh what do you want to do can i see what's behind the scab are you talking about the that door yeah the scabbed over door so the perceive all isn't a hundred percent omniscient and gives you minus four to your drs mm -hmm. um but i will kind of give you an impression as you feel upon the door if you would like yeah uh, will put it my be hands Brando? on the scab you have a feeling that um there is something beyond the door that uh is of great interest and power but like a body, when you disrupt flesh, it causes a visceral reaction. I'll give you that. I think, you know, it's it's 9.51. I'm going to peel the scab. Pick that right. scab. Pick that scab. Pick that scab. Pick that scab. <laughs> okay. And then, Cotman, are you helping with the scab, or are you staying clear? Yeah, I'll lend a hand. I'll, well, I'll lend, um, you know, some fingernails thingies, yeah okay uh as you are tearing apart the scab it's both horribly wet and horribly dry and horribly crispy at the same time yeah, yeah that's what I expected. you uh a something begins to burble up from the blood water mucus miasma underneath you it is a blood clot in the shape of a human being its head is formless no eyes no ears nothing but a large gash of a mouth that almost seems to go all the way around with lots of terrible teeth and it smiles at you as you are picking the scab. Meanwhile, upstairs, um, so it's hard to hear. Um, you heard the, your companion slide a long ways down. You think it could be anywhere from 60 to 80 feet, question mark, before you heard a little bit of a very distant splash like turds in the toilet. Uh, what do you two do? Azor and Tark. I believe John's on mute. John's on um, mute. John's on mute, though. I think we're heading to the rat room. Yeah, that's what I thought we agreed on was yeah. rat room. Rat room. Dun 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 dun. Rat room. Rat room. Rat room. So you ascend the stairs from what that you came from. You meander to the east through this worn of, of a rat's nest in front of the swollen doors. The rat guards that were in front of the rat hole are not returned. Uh, you can see the pitiful 
scratch mark that you've made up from the rat hole from when you were sawing at it. Uh, what would you like to do? Uh, uh, so do you think we should, uh, you know, just start chopping away again? Or maybe, uh, mayhaps, uh, you know, bang, we give it a knock. You know, I didn't think about knocking it. Uh, yeah, well, hey. What, hey. Do we have, what do we have to lose at this point? I'm going to knock on that door. Yeah, we got to knock, knock on it. Just knock on it like in a regular way, like you're greeting someone? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so you knock, and mm -hmm. you hear plaintiff squeaking on the other side. Okay. The squeaking seems both... Hmm. Syncopated and yet synchronized at the same time. Neat. Uh, I'm into it. Yeah, it doesn't open. Be into it as well. Do you uh, want to make a strength check to break down the door or break it from its swarm? Yeah, engine? I'm going to do that. I'm going to try to open that door. Uh, before okay. you do that, real quick. Um, Let's go ahead. Just, just real quick. I want to knock one more time. Uh-huh. I'll see you in the morning. Housekeeping. Okay. Housekeeping. Um, I'm going to use an omen. Okay. I'm going to use another omen. What what are you doing? I need to know how you're using your oh, omens. I'm trying to open the door. Yes. What are you doing? Are you re-rolling? Are you lowering the DR? What is it you're doing? Oh, I I forgot about the DR. I just re-rolled twice. Okay. So you use all of your omens opening a door. Yes. And how'd that go for you? Uh, my last one was a 13. Okay. Great. You have, uh, so you are pulling at the schemes of fate to open a door. And you see it through kind of like this third eye that you didn't know that you had that you see all the doors that were once open and closed to you throughout your life, all the doors you've ever been through and how you feel the weight of all of them upon you as all of them are closing as this one door opens for you. And you know that terrible feeling of, well, I might not live more than so many days. You feel your fate is running thin, but the door opens. So that's great. Um, I it, desperately want to start a band with these rats. So, worth it. <laughs> well, you are our seeds inside a gold mine. It's warm and dark in the space beyond, and that stench of wet, wet rodent is definitely even stronger, along with that sickly, like, rotten lemon smell of uh, decaying flesh. The scratching sound from within the walls intensifies to a fever pitch. I don't the think room I've ever is... smelled a rotten lemon, I'm just realizing. Well, anyway, I'm sure it's that is your homework for next episode. <laughs> the space is not as large as you maybe had thought that it was through the light of uh, Kotlin's lantern. You see, this is about a 15 by 30 chamber, but it's scattered with bones and tatters of cloth. Of course, the walls are also just completely crenulated with more of those rat tunnels. In the center of the room is a mound of debris. There's a, it's a heap of clothing, twigs, straw, rotting furniture, and a 
mess of rat pups. You see at least 12 of these deformed blobs kind of mewling about. Aww. On top of that, you see something almost uh, abysmal, something you've seen in the traveling circuses that go across to all of the villages in the Western Kingdoms. It is a giant two-headed rat, pink and hairless, the size of a sheep. It has two deformed heads, upon which one, there is an axe sticking out of its head with like six scabs encrusting the like the blade of it. Um, their heads turn and look at you and give this kind of gurgling, pathetic, and also terrifying mule whale. Um, the rats within the walls also echo that sound with a cacophony of squeaks and more squeaks. There's your rat Poseidon. I'm so Finally, happy we did at this. Last. Yes. Yeah. So I think my, my rat Poseidon. So I have, I have a question, um, just taking us out game for two seconds. Is yes. Traveling Circuses more core canon? Because if so, I've never been more excited in my goddamn life. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised given the amount of third-party content and just the fact that we have some circus aficionados in here. I wanted to definitely invoke that because yeah. I would fully imagine a freak show, which I know is not in proper yeah. terms in today's parlance, but back then, something yeah. like that would totally be paraded for a couple of silver pieces, I would fully imagine. Rad. I Rad. am going to make Clown Borg. Um, Clownborg. We should do that. Oh my god, that would be rad. I think it would. Um, I think that would be honk, a hell honk. of a good time. Honk honk. <laughs> In the bleak, dying lands of um, the clowns. So I hate to say this because I uh, okay. John loves uh, Rat Poseidon. Yeah. However. Tark feels that this is a representation and possibly an avatar of the basilisk. And he, always see that. he does not even hesitate. He steps forward and slashes at this rat with his uh his uh sickle. Nice. Immediately. Right. Okay. So you launch yourself at the two-headed rat. I do. I would like you to roll me a d6 to see who acts first. You made a lot of noise before you advanced in here, so they know they're coming. Yeah, let's see who did. acts first. Yeah, but they two think heads. we're housekeeping. What they think we're housekeeping. I, I announced housekeeping. <laughs> what did you say that you got, Tark, just to verify? Uh, your I rolled a one. Okay, so that means that the rat, the two heads are better than one. So as you lash out in your fevered hatred of this blasphemous god, uh, the two rats, like one seems to wink at the other as the one with the axe kind of has this very heavy like nod of its head as the non-axe head launches out with a bite to meet your scimitar hand. Uh, the uh, So... It will act first, so it'll be them, and then it'll be the two of you, and then we'll cycle back to the scab pit. Okay, so the uh, right-headed uh, uh, rat 
Sorry, I guess technically it would be the left because I'm looking at this mirror. The left head bites down on you. Um, roll me a toughness. Uh, 17. 17. Okay. Uh, so that it bites you for one point of damage and you see that like flecks of like ropey diseased phlegm like go into your skin um but you feel this righteous hatred fill you and boil your blood and it burns out the plague from the bite um the other head tries to bite at you as well uh roll me an agility <laughs> i did not do well on that one all right not much of a schwa sparkler john no So, what did you roll? Oh, I rolled three. Oh, okay. Three. All right. Uh, so, it bites you for three points of damage. Um, all right. Uh, so, top initiative. So, you are swinging your scimitar. Uh, roll me. Uh, well, your... I'm not doing that anymore, unfortunately. Are you dead? I'm very dead. Okay. And you used all your omens with the door? I did. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, so are you negative or are you at zero? I am a negative. I'm negative one. Okay. Oh, do we have the he's dead or he died? Um, control shift. There it is. It still <laughs> works. Yay. R.I.P. <laughs> All right. Did John go screen away? Oh, man. He did. He's, he's tried doing his John rage quit thing he does oh, when he oh, dies. Wait, wait. One okay, all right, you're just quit, but anyway, well, you know, what I, mean? I meant I meant that lovingly. I understand. All right, uh, so all right, so we'll do this as a, as a quick reaction. So, Tark, sorry, uh, Kotlin, you just watched uh, Tark eat the big one as he charged forward to the giant rat Poseidon. Uh, what is your gut reaction? Wait a minute, wait a minute, I'm I, I'm down I in think the Ian room. said the wrong. I'm sorry, Scabber. I'm sorry. I meant to say Azor. My yeah. pardons. I should order this wow. in the number lineup that you guys are in. So Azor, okay. that's what I meant. Uh, Azor was just like, uh, well, uh, I believe I said this was housekeeping. Uh, I'm sorry about the mess. Uh, I can come back at a later time if this is preferable to you. Sprung. <laughs> and that's when I used my other ability because I've used one out of four. So I would like to convince this double-headed rat that I am, in fact, a soul tree maid that talks <laughs> like this. Okay. Yeah, I'm into so, it. All right. So again, this is more modifying morale, but I will give you the flavor on that as a nice chef's kiss. Okay. So roll me your. So this is going to be a morale check. Uh, so roll me your two d six, and uh, you're going to be adding with your special ability to it, which is going to be adding d6 to that so basically you're gonna be rolling 3d6 all right you should not have done that to me twice that is rude of you and i i am offended by my own dice well time, you can do one of you could do it one of two ways your ability either lets you add or subtract d6 so you are either trying to 
um because i'm gonna roll in reaction with morale for the sake of like the purpose because that makes more sense for this ability mm-hmm. so you can either try to antagonize them or try to make them friendly in that case or to scare them away rolling lower is going to give that more negative effect versus rolling higher is going to give you that positive more charming effect so which way are you wanting yes. to push? i would like to make them friendly towards me uh okay, so you want to roll higher yeah yeah so, so um, d6 okay so currently I have rolled two ones on the same die and a two. So that puts me at four. Uh, can I burn an omen to re-roll some yes. of the ones? I will let you, you can burn an omen to re-roll all of that because that's linked to your one use of power. That is perfectly acceptable to me. Awesome, awesome sauce. Otherwise, that's going to not end very well for you, my friend. Now I've got a five and a two, and that I still get to roll one more time. And that's another five. Okay, so you've topped out. So um, the rats have locked eyes with you, and they don't seem to be and menacing you, but they're making uncomfortable eye contact as they're pulling Tark's body into their mouths between the two of them, and they're just chewing wetly and noisily as they're just making strict <laughs> eye contact. All the rats in the walls stop shivering, but they all Eating stare at you. I mean, uh, look, look, I just met the guy uh, earlier today when we <laughs> both fell down the pit. You know, I mean, fair is fair. He did come at you, and uh, I just. <laughs> I'm here to like get the towels, play you a, a nice little song on my mouth harp. Sprung, gung, gung, so gung, the rat will. So the right rat has the axe in its head. It points the axe handle um, towards the east wall, where you see a shattered mirror hanging on it. Okay. So I go over and investigate the mirror while kind of keeping an eye on the rats. Okay. So there is a secret door behind that, and that leads to a staircase leading downward. Speaking of being downwards, down in the wet pit, that blood clot of a figure with the uncomfortable shark-like smile uh, begins to advance towards uh, you, Kotlin, and Strata. So you are able to pull off the scab off this door, um, but this thing is this silently advancing towards you, wading through the mire. Not for long, it's not. <clears throat> I would like to uh, shablam, hit it with my weaponized hallucinogen, please. Um, All right. Which is a, I'm not sure like what kind of check that is. Agility, maybe? Oh, so you are going to be using your hypnos enervating snuff? Or uh, sorry, the... using those vapors? Yes. Okay. All right. So it needs to roll a DR fourteen test. So I'm oh, yeah, going to have. Okay. Uh, so I'll have you straight up roll as the monster roll. So roll me a DR or roll me a D twenty, and we'll figure out uh, if your companion. But I will. No, I know. But eight, I was going to have straight roll it. the monster one because it's because oh, okay. you're. Yeah. Because you're you. Because straight... GMs don't roll. Oh, what? I gotcha. Okay. I rolled a 10. All right. Great. So that means, uh, so you 
blow this Azumiel's paper into like the wet, gaping mouth gash of this thing. Um, have a nice trip. It doesn't have a tongue as much as just like blobs of coagulated flesh in its mouth that kind of lulls. And it begins to move its sightless like gaze around the place. And it puts its like what arms out like it's chasing something. And it just starts <laughs> to run in a circle, its head beginning to lean back and snap towards invisible things. Yeah, I just gave it catnip. It's adorable. Aww. Blood clot with its short teeth. Yeah, look at him like running. Name around. the blood. Name the clot. Name the clot. <laughs> I'd, I'd name him. Uh, hey, little bloody. Yeah. Little bloody. Yeah, bloody, but it's B L U D D Y. Nice. Oh, it's not cute. Yeah. Bam. Uh, so you have this door that you have just pulled over a giant scab. You see, this is a wooden door, and just like when you pull ivy away from brick, there's like weird little, like tentacly vines. So you can see like where you've ripped off that, leaving like wood, like the little patterns in the wood. Um, oh. So you open said door. Oh, yeah, let's open the door. All right. So you are assaulted with just even more humid, just sticky air. And the stench of awful and dental decay is just assaulting. You hear the sloshing of water and soft, sucking, squelching noises, along with a myriad murmuring voices that seem to echo everywhere. This amorphous chamber is covered in rippling flesh, hair, teeth, and blood. And this whole chamber is very much wriggling with life. That fluid here is even deeper. It's a foot of just watery blood and mucus uh, that just soaks through your, uh, your clothing. There's a hole in the ceiling that puckers and opens and closes like a sphincter, and it's just dripping with blood and mucus. It sprays and, and drips down upon the thing that dominates this chamber, a bulbous, lumpen mass of flesh. It writhes as you advance into this chamber. My first urge is to, like, jump on top of Bridget's shoulders and, like, play with that hole, but it's probably not the, the correct course of action in these I mean, circumstances. Hey. <laughs> You've got three minutes before you usually call time. Yeah, three minutes a hole. So. <laughs> we, could, we could tickle the hole, but I think it's already doing its thing, so maybe check out this, like, mystery polyp under it. That could be exciting, too. Hmm. Uh, forward polyp. slash inspect polyp. Polyp uh, is inspecting you. Oh. Polyps, they're for your health. <laughs> uh, if you're over Wait, the age of 40. Uh, so do you see this thing looks like it has been formed by just the sloughed flesh of countless bodies that have been dumped into the fever pit? It has collagulated into this mound that seems to be writhing with malign intelligence. Uh, what are you doing when you're saying you're kind of regarding this? Uh, 
Well, you, you just answered my question. With it? Um, you know, I just I wanted to know what it was and what what it was all about, and you just told me. Is there any uh, other point of entrance egress in this room? Yes, there are doors that are leading to. Um, so you just came in. So there's a door that is to the east of here, and there is a door to the south of here, and then you have the puckered hole above you. You just tempted me with that puckered hole, damn it. Puckered yeah. um, hole. Like, I love the idea of a, a, a carpenter or a framer, like, just seating a door in this, like, flesh bit, like... I put these cross beams here, got this nice and straight, level squared up, okay. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. Doors in, in the flesh pit are just awesome. It, as you are kind of like looking around about what to do, it kind of speaks through too many mouths, and some of the things that are moving like mouths are clearly not mouths. Uh, it just kind of gives you this wet, sickly sound, like people gurgling uh, and choking on their own phlegm to death. And it just says, greetings. <laughs> the um, orifice puckers as it says greetings. Hmm. I honestly don't feel like I'm a responsible enough human to deal with this situation, Bridget. So I turn, I turn the leadership role Ooh. over to you. We're going in the puckered hole. Excellent. Oh, okay. Nice. <laughs> uh, all right. So you start advancing towards the puckered hole, and it seems to be clenching tighter. And it's this. Oh, I have a proposition for you. <laughs> well, we've got a proposition for you. <laughs> Some of those blood body things rise out of the the murk. Um, all right, and so unless we want to carry further into announcement time, this is our natural no, kind of stopping place. We yeah. have one person discovering a secret chamber that eventually leads to a staircase leading downward. We oh. have the two players that are trying to tickle a puckered door and. Um, John has still been absorbed into the void, so. Yeah, I was wondering if you'd come okay. back for what closing. What a night. Here you are. What a night. Um, <laughs> we play a lot of Morkborg, and we're not going to stop playing Morkborg, despite what I said in the intro. Um, and it, it just chafes my nipples so hard that not enough people do when we play Morkborg. Uh, I'm glad we were able to break the curse of survival mm -hmm. uh, this evening. Um, I, uh, uh, first of all, I <laughs> does anyone have anything they would like to say as I'm staring at a completely empty announcements page at the moment? <laughs> I would like to say thank you for Matt, who's joined us the entire time despite buying a place. So thank you, Matthew yeah, John. You yeah, can find them on Ugron on Ugron.itch.io for um, their other games. Uh, we'll make sure that we put links to that. So uh, you can now go to rest and enjoy continuing uh, decaying and all the other uh, things you are currently doing. All the mucus. All the mucus.
Oh, wait. So, uh, you know where to find us. Um, if you are listening to this before next week, and I hope you are, uh, I have a new book coming out before our next episode. That book is No Guilt of Bloodshed, uh, being published by Deathhead Press slash Dead Sky Publishing. Uh, it is a extremely violent, gory Western about a Ukrainian Jew uh, murder-fucking his way across the American West, uh, <laughs> seeking out a Greek Orthodox fallen priest uh, responsible for the Ukrainian pogroms. I did a lot of research on uh, actual, the actual history of the late 1800s, and uh, a lot of uh, a lot of Ukrainian Jews fled to the New World uh, as the pogroms were kicking off uh, due to uh, various. Well, not various Greek Orthodox priest uh, inciting things like blood libel. So uh, that is the jumping off part. Uh, but this is not a uh, accurate historical fiction, as there are lots of demons, and uh, the Golem of Prague does in fact make an appearance. I'm very proud of the book. Uh, the cover by Justin Coons is fucking exactly. incredible. Yeah. Uh, so please, 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 you can go. You can order that on Amazon right now. Uh, that is No Guilt of Bloodshed by me, John Baltusberger. We have a new book that just dropped from Madness Heart Press. Um, specifically, I'm very excited about it. The Last Five Minutes of the Human Race by Michael Allen Rose, illustrated by Jim Agpalza, the coloring book edition in... Uh, on at on December 31st at 11:55 p.m. we've put out this incredible hardcover collector's edition of this book by Jim and Michael that's gorgeous and it also costs like nearly 30 goddamn dollars uh and uh we really wanted to make it more accessible so we have put out a coloring book the very first Madness Heart Press coloring book uh, Jim is a backup illustrator, and Michael Allen Rose is a Wonderland award-winning author who just does incredible. Um, he's a great guy, a good friend, and I would be willing to bet $100 that right this second he's naked. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's a very nude man. Uh <laughs> But yeah, Jim and, and Michael are very talented, and uh, despite this being the coloring book, I put the, I kept the stories in. There was no reason to take them out. So, uh, the coloring book I want to say is thirteen dollars on Amazon and Madness dot press, and you get all the stories, but you also get the joy of getting to color on the pages and add your own colors to Jim's absolutely incredible drawings. Um, I also want to thank a little old group called Bog Wizard. Now, Bog Wizard, who's that? Uh, Bog Wizard is a nerd, nerdy role-playing game-inspired stoner doom metal band that uh, they've done things like work on uh, soundtracks for Morkborg modules, uh, Seven Aboard the Shekel, for instance. 
Uh, they've done a lot of other Mark Borgie projects. Um, great guys, and they provide the intro and outro music for our show, which is Barbaria off their album Purple Miasmic Smoke. Very cool stuff. Um, I think that's all the news that is news. Uh, just checking the calendar. Yeah, we will be back next week. Uh, if you... Uh, man, I am I am sick. <laughs> Friends, it's all good, man. You, so you, have cancer. you have cancer. You're allowed to be... Yeah. Yeah. Friends, thank you so much for joining us on this cancerous and consensual journey we call Wandering Monster. I have been John Baldisberger. I've been Charles R. Bernard. I've been Bridget Brave. I have been Ian Servas. Mr. Paschke. We will be back next week, uh, but if you cannot wait that long, do not worry. Bridget has a short time.